money habits die hard. They're really hard to break. How much money you have is ultimately just a reflection of how good you are at improving yourself. Hey, you're tuned into the Mike and Maddie show. Where we have casual conversations, breaking down science and exploring each other's creative process so we can learn how to improve our lives. Today's episode is all about personal finances and how young people should develop a money mindset. And then we talk about some ways to think about money and strategies to manage your money so that you can build a good money mentality. So calm your mood, clear your mind and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Mike and Maddie show. Today we're talking about uh, a new topic. We usually talk about um, time and focus, like two things that we're always obsessed about managing. Mm-hmm. Something that a lot of people leave out of the conversation is money, right? Because like when you're students, you're kind of young and you don't have mm-hmm. access to like credit cards or, or mm-hmm. money in general. And so that's usually left out of the equation. Mm-hmm. But I think that learning how to manage your money is so important. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And, yeah. And I don't specifically mean like how to invest or like crypto or real estate or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about like managing your money from like a beliefs and like a mentality perspective, mm-hmm. like how to think about money and how to use your beliefs about money to change your reality and, and to change your and to self-improve mm-hmm. from, from that angle. Okay. I think you make a good point where when you're younger, when you're in like middle school and high school and you're probably, it's different in this country because some people do have jobs when they're that young. Like a lot of my friends had jobs in high school. Mm. Our parents actually didn't allow us to have jobs in high school. They were like, at least to me, they're like, no, you should just focus on school. Exactly. Just, Just focus on school. But when I went to college, I basically defied them and I said, no, I'm going to get a job. And I had a job throughout every single year in college and after that too. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people who are younger and they don't have work and they don't really understand money very well. And then when it's time to actually start thinking about money, like you're saying in your early 20s, it's actually a very scary topic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are scared of talking about money. Mm-hmm. Or like money is like a taboo thing to talk about or like no one likes to publicly say how much they make or how much they have. Mm-hmm. And um, it makes people very uncomfortable. Just knowing that, what do you think are some of the better ways or what are some ways that people should start thinking about money at an earlier age? Yeah, so I think one of the best ways to think about money is to put it in the conversation with things like time and uh, your focus, mm-hmm. right? Because like money and time have so much similarities. You know, like mm-hmm. money is time, time is money. You know? Yeah, it's a common statement. Yeah, and the the best way to to manage both is to like to start with budgeting it. Start with auditing where does every mm. penny go, or mm-hmm. where does every minute of your day go, mm-hmm. where does every effort of your focus go. Like these are the things like you should you should think of money in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that we like we grew up with so many negative connotations of it, mm. and so like you said, like if you don't talk about it enough openly, mm-hmm. then you can't even start to think about how to manage it. You right. just got to start the conversation. But yeah. I remember like talking to a bunch of uh, people on Discord, like our audience members, and a lot of them who are from other countries, mm-hmm. uh, especially like India or uh, the Philippines. Like they wouldn't want to talk about money when mm-hmm. we when we published our first book, which was about money. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were like, "Yeah, I can't read this because like my parents wouldn't allow me to talk about money." Mm. And like same thing as us, like they said, "Yeah, my parents said that I should not get a job, focus yeah. on grades, 
all of that, um, pretty much what we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I think we should like dig back to our childhood too, because I think yeah. our childhood was pretty similar to theirs. Why do you think our parents didn't want us to talk about money? It probably had something to do with their background. Like they were refugees from a different country and they came here with no money. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't have a lot of money, I assume that it's 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 very difficult to talk about, mm. especially when you're raising kids and you want you want your kids to have you know the world. Mm-hmm. You want to give them hope, mm-hmm. and when you start talking about something like money, which you don't really have a lot of, mm-hmm. um, it, it can it can get difficult. So I think that's probably a that's probably a factor. Mm. But when I was reflecting back on our on our childhood, I realized something that was really really cool. It's that. Yes, our parents came here with no money and they worked really hard, right? Yeah. But they worked hard like everyone else's parents. Like I think working hard wasn't the deciding factor that that got them to where they were. I think what actually changed was that something clicked about their understanding of money. Mm-hmm. Because when we became teenagers or when we went to college, their lessons about money to us changed too. Like I kind of noticed that. Mm. Like they evolved in their understanding of money. And so the lessons we were getting from them also evolved since we were kids to when we were in, in college and beyond. When let, let's, let's think back to like when we were kids, right? Mm-hmm. We were always coming from like a very scarcity mindset. We were always trying to pinch pennies and, and save as much as we could. Like you can remember all the things that, that our parents did, right, to save money, like I think they still do that. <laughs> they still do that to an extent because it, habits are, are hard to change. Yeah. But like, what were some things? Like I remember in school, like we used to always have textbooks in school. Mm-hmm. And then they would sell those book covers. You know, yeah, those like the elastic, ones. the stretchy ones. And then you can like buy all these like mm-hmm. really cool designs and, and your books can be like all these different colors. Mm-hmm. And those book covers were like not even that expensive right they were like what a few dollars or something like that yeah i I might be wrong but it wasn't that much Uh but we were like mom was like sending us to the store to like albertson's or ralph's to like get the plastic bags Mm -hmm. so you're gonna wrap your books in these plastic bags and newspapers Mm because we can't afford those paper bags but yeah paper bags sorry (laughs) no plastic bags bags. but like we're wrapping our our books in paper bags you know yeah and but they we were kind of like, cool, though. They were kind of cool. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to lie. Cool. They were kind of sick. Those are cool. But the other ones were also can, pretty cause can, cool. Because we can draw on them, you know? Yeah, you can draw the other ones, too. But the other yeah. ones are, like, stretchy. You yeah. can reuse them. Mm-hmm. You can transfer them to different books. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, the 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 paper bags, yeah. it's like a one-time use, and you, you tear them off, and it's gone. Uh-huh. It's like, that was a scarce... I think that was a scarcity mindset. Mm. Because, like, if you buy that that stretching one, one time, you can use it over and over for many, many years. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that was, a, that was one example I remember. And I remember thinking to myself, like, all my friends have these cool book covers. Mm. And I felt kind of embarrassed coming into class with, like, this paper bag. Mm. And I looked around and no one else had it. So, yeah, and all I, all I remember thinking in my head was, like, not just embarrassment, but I felt, like, sad that that was our family, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I felt like I'm coming to school repping this paper bag. It, like, represents my entire family. Mm-hmm. Like, they probably just think we're all poor mm-hmm. and that, that kind of stuff. 
that had like a huge effect on the conversations around the house about money. Mm. Like remember like when, when we grew up, we didn't even have allowances. Like we weren't even re- able to be responsible for our personal finances. No, yeah, but I didn't have money. We not none of us had any yeah, money. I didn't, didn't have any money for like if we wanted to buy like anything. an N sixty four or like video games, we got them though. We had to, exactly, but we had to earn them. Like we sure. we had to do different things compared to like what our peers did. Mm-hmm. Like our peers like were able to earn allowance and then budget them and then mm-hmm. like figure out what to spend it on. But for us, it was like. You teach your little brother how to read this book, and then you'll get you yeah. get Mario Kart or something. Or like, that. like, yeah, or you perform well at this thing, or you do this study for this long, and then mm-hmm. they'll give you like a booster pack. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Um, but it wasn't like if you do the chores, you do the dishes, you take out the trash. Like trash is ten dollars, washing the dishes is two dollars. It wasn't mm-hmm. like that where you could like kind of strategize and think about how to invest your time. Right. Like I think we missed out on a lot of that stuff. Uh huh. Because the topic of money just was very rare around the house. Yeah, that's true. Now that you now, like, I guess I haven't really thought about it this way. Mm-hmm. But that is true. We're missed out on a lot of good learning, learning opportunities to, because those skills about budgeting and thinking about where can I, what can I do to make money, mm-hmm. we didn't really have those conversations at all. Yeah. I don't think we ever did actually. Yeah, you bring up a good point too. Like, what can I do to make money? Mm-hmm. Like the very underlying theme of that is self-improvement back uh-huh. to self-improvement right right like, yeah like what what can i do to get i do to get yeah. something doesn't have to be money necessarily but mm-hmm. like money is just an easier way money is an easy current it is a currency to think about mm-hmm. what you can get for your time mm-hmm. and your effort yeah because then you can spend it on how however you want yeah whereas for us it was like oh if you if you do this hard work you'll get this one thing that you told me that you wanted mm-hmm. whereas money is a different aspect Money is like, if you work hard, you get money and you can do whatever whatever you want with it, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just like having more, it's like, it's even more freedom of knowing that your work and effort is going to be able to be used however you want. Mm-hmm. Not just because like, not just because of this one video game, you yeah. know, or something very minute, like an end result, you know? Mm-hmm. Like how much money you have is ultimately just a reflection of how good you are at improving yourself. Mm-hmm. Like how much money you have, like how much muscles you have in your body, that's like self-improvement. Mm-hmm. How, how productive you are, because that shows that you are good at managing your time. Mm-hmm. Like all these, these are just all reflections of you. Mm-hmm. So like, there's probably a quote about this somewhere, but the general idea is that if you take away all the money mm-hmm. from a wealthy person, they can still make all the money back because all the value is in themselves. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but I, I think like that is a take, quote, but they could be misinterpreted. <laughs> something like that like if you take out if the person all, made their money yes if the person made their money if you take <laughs> all the money away from a rich person then, and they have no skills then they right, they yeah, won't make it back so it's, it's who it's how you got the money exactly yeah and, and it all comes back to self-improvement mm-hmm. yeah. right if you inherited it and you didn't do any work your whole life then you probably wouldn't be able to make it back as yeah. easily your money is a who's... direct reflection of your self-improvement your habits your skills mm-hmm. and your beliefs basically Okay, so where did where would you say that the conversations about money in our family? What was the change? I think I think the change started. There was a period in our life where our parents were at a very low point that I perceived to be a very low point for them. Mm-hmm. When mom started to, to work at like various different pharmacies, so yeah, so that, at that time there was a lot of tension. And what resulted from this was that our parents 
decided to come together and build a business together. Mm-hmm. Like mom started her own pharmacy mm-hmm. and then dad became like the, the admin for it. Um, and after they started their own business, I think that's when they started to learn so much more about money. Mm-hmm. In addition to like during this entire time, both of them were also investing in various things like real estate and stuff like that. So I noticed that we got like different lessons about money during the time when they were they were growing. Yeah, so one of the things was dad would talk a lot about like you should earn more with your mind rather than your time. And I don't remember hearing that lesson at all ever mm-hmm. when I was a kid. It was like, go to school, get a job, mm-hmm. and that's it, right? And that's what our parents did too. They went to school, went to college, and they got a job. Yeah. But then when they started a business, dad started saying over and over the things were, the things that dad said over and over, start earning with your mind, not your time. And then he also said like, use money to make more money, that sort of stuff. And those two sentiments, I never really heard when we were kids. Mm. The first one is earn with your mind, not your time. It comes down to like getting knowledge, education, skills, Mm -hmm. and using that to make money rather than just showing up to work and doing like doing work that is very replaceable. Mm -hmm. And I think that conversation is really important now since there's so much AI stuff that's able to replace people with like replaceable skills. So getting an education and training like very uh, rare and desirable skills is more important now, Mm -hmm. right? Like from the books, like deep work and stuff like that. So that was the first thing. Um, And the second thing was like, once you have more money, it's easier to use that money to make more money. Well, that's one of the things that kept dad said a lot. It was like, it's easy to make a million dollars if you have a million dollars. But it's really hard to make a million dollars when you have zero dollars. Right. Um, those are some lessons I, I noticed recently that we didn't get when we were growing up. Recently is in like what? Because <laughs> they started the business over 10 years ago. Yeah. That's recent. <laughs> yeah, recent. As in like compared to when we were little kids. <laughs> oh, I guess so. I mean, I'm ta- we're talking about like when we were You're little kids growing so up. Old. <laughs> when we were little kids growing up, like it was a different world for us. You know? Yeah, I mean, I guess you were always you were the old, you're the oldest sibling, so you were older when they were going through that transitional period. Mm-hmm. Um, because when they when when our parents started their business, the pharmacy, I was in grade school. I yeah. was in sixth grade, and I you mean, were already in high school. I so could be I was like, like blowing all this out of proportion, but <laughs> I was like barely old enough to even. I was still like in uniforms at school and stuff, you know. I still wasn't uniforms. even. I still wasn't even spending money Santiago. because I was getting hand-me-downs of your uniforms from school. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I still didn't even have money to buy my own clothes. Still, you know. Yeah, there was a period of time where we had uniforms. That was probably pretty. That was pretty nice. I don't know if it was, it was nice for them because then they didn't have to worry about like kind getting... of nice for us. We didn't have to worry about it either. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's like it's a double-edged sword. It's like ignorance is bliss. You know. It's like yeah. if you don't have to make those decisions, you can't. Then you can't worry about those decisions. Yeah. But then you just look like a fool wearing that uniform. <laughs> but then everybody did. That Everyone, school, so I guess like they didn't. I guess they eliminated any kind of outliers mm-hmm. uh, in the in the system at all. But like one of the reasons why the entire school had uniforms was so that people cannot, people didn't have to worry about comparing their themselves to other people. Yeah, but everyone would just find different ways to do it. Still, I mean, <laughs> to, to stand out, like everyone wanted kids. their individuality. Yeah, when you're a kid, but you don't have to worry about like, oh, my friend doesn't have money to like buy clothes, like that sort of stuff, and compare. 
Yeah, that's interesting about the um, when you mentioned like going to school and basically from a bird's eye perspective or just like from a general standpoint, being recognized as a family that didn't come from much money. And mm-hmm. I don't think that is something that I really ever processed really because I didn't ever feel like we were at the bottom, but I also didn't feel like we were, you know, balling out. But maybe it's just because like I, the, the things that we value about those were not that important. Like if the people, if because a lot of my friends had those elastic stretchy book covers, you know, mm-hmm. but I didn't care. <laughs> I thought mine were cooler. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, that's, like it didn't. That's to great. me, it didn't matter. Yeah. I guess. So like, maybe they saw me in that way, but I was just like, I don't care. Like this mm-hmm. is this is better, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when we were growing up, mom always reminded us to be very selective about how mm-hmm. we spend our money. Right. Well, yeah. Our our parents are very. They 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 worked very hard for their money mm-hmm. and they really do not like spending it or wasting it on things that they don't put a lot of thought into. Mm-hmm. That's one lesson for sure that mm-hmm. I know that they've bestowed on us many times. <laughs> just don't spend if you don't need to. Mm-hmm. And people will always try to take your money and so do what you can to hold on to it. So if we're talking mm-hmm. about scarcity mindset, I think that is the epitome of scarcity mindset. And I actually think that's a, a lifestyle to live that's kind of dangerous, you know? Mm-hmm. I forget who said this. And this was a realization I had more recently than anyone else. But a lot of those lessons you talked about with money, that I do remember some of the things that you said about dad saying like, yeah, to make a million dollars, if you have a million dollars, it's easier. Work with your mind to disconnect like time from money. Mm-hmm. But he was also very heavy in the idea of like investor money. Mm-hmm. Invested in like stocks, put it away. And then... If you do that consistently, you'll make a lot of money later on. We're now like, and I think that's like kind of an idea that we're really fed, but it actually doesn't make as much sense anymore now that like I've now that we're kind of in our own business, like doing business as opposed to working a job, mm-hmm. where it's like I could put a thousand dollars away right now and wait for thirty years for it to to turn into something. Mm-hmm. Or I could just use it on my business and then grow a little bit faster. You well, know, technically you are putting it away. You're just not putting away in stocks. You're putting away in a business. Yeah, I'm not putting. I'm not. Pu- I'm putting it away into something that I can use right now, mm-hmm. as opposed to putting it away in something I can't use until for thirty years. Because if you take it out, they have to pay tax on it again. So basically, you lost it. Yeah. So I guess the the whole idea is like the scarcity mindset of money, where it's like people think. If you want to have more money in your bank account, there's two ways to do it. This is a very, very like as simple as it gets. If you want to make more money or if you want to have more money, mm-hmm. you either have to spend less money mm-hmm. or you have to make more money. And I think a lot of times our parents, especially when I was growing up, they focused much more on the don't spend as much money and mm-hmm. you will have more money. Mm-hmm. Where now I'm just like, well, why don't I just make more money and mm-hmm. then I'll have more money? Yeah. Because one of those levers you have a lot more control over. Um, or sorry, one of those levers has a lot more potential yeah. to go higher. Yeah. And that's the one I feel like if you focus on just making more money, not only will you be happier mm-hmm. because you're not going to be like stressed out about, I shouldn't be spending money. You can actually enjoy the money that as you make it and just make more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, that's like, a, that's like a, just a, sh- a frame shift of mindset about if you want more money, don't focus on like not enjoying your life or not doing the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. rather invest it in yourself or invest it in ways so you can make more money. So yeah. there's just like a very different way of thinking about it. 
Yeah, I agree with that. But I think that when it comes to saving money versus trying to make more money, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier and it's a lot more in your control to save. Like you can't decide how much money you make. No. You can try. Sure, I, I get that. But so like it comes down to risk. I got it comes down to risk, but it also comes down to like what we're talking about is time. Yeah. That's that's the second thing I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. Like when you're in a season of your life, like when you're younger, it's okay, it's okay to take a lot of risk because uh-huh. you have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So do everything you can to try to maximize your earning potential when you're young. Right. Like when you're like 60 or 70 years old and you're like, you know, trying to dump everything and start a business, you don't have much time to make it up. Right. But like right now, that's the time where you should do it. You should invest in skills, invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. So that you don't have to worry about starting a business when you're 65. Yeah. That suck. But our parents came from a very different background. Yeah. Where it's like they wanted us... They, at, at the end of the day, every parent wants their child to be able to be independent and thrive. Mm-hmm. Right? And so like the easiest path for, for a child to do that is to A, save, mm-hmm. which is less risky. Right. And go to college, follow a traditional school path, which is less risky. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the other one... Right. Uh, like going off the path, not going to college, trying entrepreneurship or just trying to make it on your it's own. It's risky. That's way riskier. Very risky. Especially if you came from a background where there were no entrepreneurs in your life. Uh-huh. Like where our parents, I don't think they had. Yeah, they were the first entrepreneurs of their family. Yeah, they were the first ones, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, they were. Yeah. So that's, it's it comes down to season your life, I think. Like right. when you're young, you should try. I totally agree with that. But I also think that regardless of the season, like I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I do honestly believe, and maybe it's just because of how it's re- benefited us. Mm-hmm. But when you're in high school, your teens through your 20s, you should be basically investing everything you have into yourself mm-hmm. to, to learn those skills, to mm-hmm. better yourself, to better your circumstances. So that, like you said, when you're older, you can fall back on your knowledge and, your, and have confidence in your ability to earn because you worked for it. Mm-hmm. But I also think that at every stage, every season of your life is also a balancing act. Mm-hmm. Because obviously then, if we're talking about those levers, if you want to have the most money, you should just do both then. You should save money and make more money, right? Like obviously, if you just do both of them, then you're going to have more money. But then if you do too much of the saving, then your quality of life is going to go down. Unless you just like become a monk or something and you just have literally no material <laughs> possessions or or wanting at all and i think that's a very that's like a that's like a less than one percent of people who who reach that kind of enlightenment where like material possession in this society and capitalism Just is not important transcend all of that yeah. yeah and i think it'd be great if everyone could reach that point i think it is good to have a detachment from money sure mm-hmm. but like to avoid pleasures and to like avoid you know experiences which i think are so meaningful mm-hmm. um because you're saving I actually don't think that helps you in the long run, mm. even if you have a little bit more money in your bank account. Because if we're like going a little bit more philosophical again, um, I'm going to quote that famous Harvard study that everyone always talks about, the happiness study. Mm-hmm. That when people, <laughs> when people are old and like 70 or 80, um, Harvard did this big study where they tracked people like for 50 years of their life. you know, mm-hmm. And by the time they were 70 or 80, the one thing they said that they regretted the most was not the money they made or the work or anything. It was just like the most important thing for their happiness was the relationships they had. Oh, that one. Okay. You know? Well, yeah, there's probably multiple studies from Harvard about I thought you happiness. were going to say like when you reach the point where you're making $70,000 a year. Oh, no. Anything beyond that. That is, is also a different that's study. Another, that's a different study too. I don't know if it came from Harvard though. 
No, I don't. I don't remember where yeah. I came from. I don't think that came from Harvard. But the one I'm talking about was just like the happiness about how like basically to sum up that study is like at the end of their at the end of people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Worrying about money is inconsequential to experiencing and having meaningful relationships with people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times saving money too much or thinking about stressing about saving money prevents us from experiencing life. Mm-hmm. And those are invaluable things you can't get back, especially when you're young, mm-hmm. especially when you're you know of age when you're exploring. So there is a balance between saving money and making money. Mm-hmm. And then there's the productivity side of it too, where convenience is something that if you save money for convenience, you're limiting your ability again to experience or just do more things. Mm-hmm. A great example for you especially is cooking. You know, you could save a lot of money if you go to the grocery store every week and spend hours pre- meal prepping, or you could just spend a little bit more money and save all of that time, you know? Mm-hmm. So sure, like you could pull the lever of like, oh yeah, I'm just going to save. But if it's going to spend take me a lot longer to accomplish the work I need to do if I just saved like 20 bucks, mm-hmm. is that really going to lead to me being happier overall? Yeah. Yeah. I I agree that when I agree that like your quality of life is largely dictated by your relationships mm-hmm. and your experiences. But there's that a lot of people spend their money mm-hmm. on them It's hard to make a distinction because so this is what I learned from mom too mm-hmm. is that you want to be selfless with your money. Mm-hmm. And it, there's kind of like two meanings behind this. It's like, A, you want to spend your money not on yourself or like material possessions, mm-hmm. like bags, purses, like Gucci right. watch, whatever. Yeah. You want to spend it on experiences. experiences. Yeah. yeah. Build relationships. Mm-hmm. But Travel, do things. Tr- exactly. Mm-hmm. But to go beyond that even further, the second thing she meant was like, you want to spend it on other people, not mm-hmm. yourself. You're being selfless, like mm-hmm. charity or like giving back to the community mm-hmm. or like just giving money to others because she said that whatever you put into the world, you get back in return. Mm-hmm. So that that's like kind of the mindset that builds um, a, a good money mentality, I think. I think it was from like the Morgan Housel book, but basically there's like this, uh, I think it was Ferrari paradox or something like that. Basically the bottom line is that when people see you driving by in a really, really nice car, mm-hmm. like and they're all impressed, it's not because they're like impressed by you. Mm-hmm. They're more so like envisioning themselves in that car. You know, they're like thinking about their own life and mm-hmm. thinking about how they would look in that car. Mm-hmm. So like no one, like the reason why we go out there and we buy these expensive Ferraris or Lambos or like expensive mm-hmm. watches or all these nice bags and stuff mm-hmm. is because we want the respect of other people, right? But yes. That's the bottom line. Like we were we're just looking for recognition, validation, and respect from people. But that those expensive things aren't always going to get you that respect validation. Right. I think rarely it does. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Probably rarely it does. (laughs) I think rarely it does, just because we have a different well that's because we have we have a different interpretation of what it means to be respectable. Mm -hmm. To be a respect like a person deserving respect. Mm. Right, yeah, I I can't I can't be quick to judge either. I know because people have different uh, criteria for what they're looking for. Exactly, but evil being not not being being not quick to judge makes even more sense though. Because if I saw someone walk in and they were just wearing like Gucci everything, like 
it would be hard not to judge, but even though I would judge, it wouldn't affect my opinion about whether or not they were, what, like, more respectable or not, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's just what they're wearing. <laughs> I remember, like, um, watching this, like, interview or something. It was, like, a study in uh, in Georgia or like, the southern states. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, asking uh, the residents there, like, what's important to you uh, in, like, a date or, like, a, in, like, a partner? Mm-hmm. And one of the top answers was like they have a gold chain or something or like that. Like that's a dumb answer. <laughs> no, but like it, I thought it was a dumb answer. But like the reasoning behind it was like it just represents that, status that they have status, but but more so they have the resources to to help you raise a family or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely makes sense. But then I don't know. There's so many psychological talks you could have in that area like why like why <laughs> do you like why does that matter so much still you know because there are there are, there are many people in this world in this country at least i can only speak for this country mostly who don't live super lavishly but are very very happy mm -hmm. and then there's also a huge group of people who are also in that same economic bracket who are miserable mm -hmm. you know and it, it all is just this game of comparison mm -hmm. some people see that gold chain and that Lamborghini drive by and they're like, dang, why isn't that me? Mm -hmm. And then some other people see it and they're like, good for them. You know? Yeah. And it's just all about, it's about how the mentality. Raised. Yeah. It's about your mentality. Exactly. It's just about your mentality about and how you, how you feel about money. Mm -hmm. It's just like some people, like, they're able to detach from money and understanding that it's a tool mm -hmm. to make your life better, but that it doesn't actually mean your life is better. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. The, the opposite is true, too. Like, if someone walks around with like a gold chain mm. you actually don't know if they're actually wealthy mm. or if they're just fronting it you know yeah <laughs> it's hard to tell to get to get attention yeah it's the opposite of what you said like if you go around wearing like beat up shoes you know driving like a toyota camry or something right that person could be like ridiculously wealthy mm -hmm. but they just don't care to spend it on anything or that person could actually be poor like you don't know yeah, there's just one. There's just one idea. I think it came from uh, I forget who spoke about this. It was some YouTuber. I think it was Vincent actually. Um, Vince Chan. Yeah, shout out his Vince. videos. <laughs> but uh, he was talking about his video because he's at his finance stuff. Mm -hmm. But he was like doing some comparison video about um, people who are wealthy, mm -hmm. and he was like, the people who are actually wealthy don't show off their wealth or something like that. Like if you look at the people who are like the like the biggest names at all, like Elon or like. Mm -hmm. Mark Zuckerberg or like uh, Steve Jobs, like they never wore like Prada, Gucci, whatever. They wore like New Balance sneakers, you know, yeah. like whatever. Like Warren Buffett famously is known to eat like a Big Mac every day or something. Like mm -hmm. doesn't even eat out. So it's just the, the people who like are able to, to accrue wealth are the ones who understand that they know what they like and they don't need more than what they like. Yeah, there there is probably some level of them wanting to protect their wealth too though like mm. when you flaunt it that means like hey look at all the stuff i have to steal yeah and so that's probably another reason too mm -hmm. and a third reason I'm, I'm sure is like that is just that is their identity you know like mm. if they're that wealthy and they don't spend anything that's like that choice alone mm -hmm. is speaking their character in public right. like when someone finds out that they're really wealthy uh -huh. then it's just like oh that guy's like wow that guy's like humble brag or something i don't i don't know mm -hmm. but there's just so many reasons it's hard to know right if we can circle back 
and kind of talk about strategies, frameworks, if there are any, I don't know if you have any, mm. for younger people in the management of their personal finances. What are some lessons, some tools that could get someone started if they are afraid of talking about money, afraid of thinking about money? Like what are some really easy ways to start budgeting? Um, anything like that. Yeah, I think the best thing to do when you're young is to read as much as you can about money. Like that is the first thing because your mindset about money will dictate all your actions down the line. What do you mean by reading about money? Like reading- Like, reading, like following stocks or like- Reading about how to think about money. So oh. like um, books, I guess some books would be like, for me that, that really changed me was 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, mm -hmm. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, mm -hmm. um, Psychology of Money, Morgan mm -hmm. Housel. Like yeah. read those things, like to, how, to learn how to think about money. Um, I think that would, that would be the first step. And then the second step, well, probably, and the second step would be to actually read about how money works. Mm -hmm. Like what the hell is credit and debt? And like how does a loan work? How does a mortgage mm -hmm. work? Like yeah. these are just like very basic financial literacy things mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't learn about in school. You mm -hmm. know, like I didn't learn about those things until I graduated college. Right. You don't really learn about those things until you have to start managing your own money. <laughs> exactly. Until you <laughs> and have for your us, own money. we didn't do that until because our parents didn't really let us. And all those basic terms you talked about, you can obviously read in our book. <laughs> yeah, the money mentality. If you want to. <laughs> It's like just like all a collection of notes of how we started learning about money. Yeah, that's interesting why personal finance is not something taught in uh, traditional U.S. schools. We have classes on government. Mm -hmm. We have classes on economics. But that is not about actually the day-to-day -day and the personal expenditure of money. I mean, if you're, I don't know the answer to that, but if you're going through a school system that's training you to be a obedient worker in society mm -hmm. then you don't really need to know how to like make an astronomical amount of money and to like manage it and stuff like that right so well i wouldn't even say it's astronomical though you're just saying these basic things like what is credit how do like what, is it, what does it mean though, to, you know? what does it mean to get a loan like exactly you, know? <laughs> yeah. you need to know like basic things like how to file your taxes yeah like, that's, that's something is not even like we learned about government which is really funny and yeah. i don't even know how the government works though <laughs> I don't know if you do, but I'm going to be honest, like, really. the government to me, I'm like, I barely know how it actually works. What about you? What do you think has, uh, has really helped shape your, your view of money? Well, one thing I would definitely say is, yes, you should read those books like you did. But still, at the end of the day, and I think we've talked about this and a lot of people talk about this idea that reading is never going to give you the same experience as doing. Mm -hmm. So I would really recommend for anyone, high school, definitely in college, mm -hmm. to get a job, mm -hmm. any kind of job. It doesn't have to be anything special. Like my first job ever was at a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a barista. Then I worked as a tutor. Then I worked as an EMT. And then I worked at a yoga studio. Like I just grabbed all these different random jobs mm -hmm. because getting a job, getting a job and working for money, it will teach you those lessons about money faster than reading a book will. Mm -hmm. Because you will realize, oh, I have to show up at this time. 
I have to do work and then I get money. And then after you do that for a while, you start realizing, wow, I hate my job. How can I get this without having to do this? Mm -hmm. And then your mind actually starts going in different directions about, okay, now that I know I can make money in this way, like working for someone else or working for a business, now that I've done that and I don't like it, is there another option? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just don't do anything at all, you won't even have that baseline experience. Mm -hmm. So just getting any kind of experience, and maybe you will like it. Maybe you will like it. I really liked my job working as a barista. I think it was fun. Mm -hmm. um, I just knew that to me, for me, I am someone who needs a creative job and doing something that's very repetitive and monotonous for a long time. I just start getting really bored. So it maybe this is a millennial thing too, but when I was in high school and college, I was never able to stick with a job for more than like a year mm. because I would just get, I'm not bragging, but I, I'm like, I pick up technical skills very quickly. Mm. I get good at jobs really fast. Like I was, I learned like all the drinks when I was a barista within like a month mm -hmm. and the training period is six months, mm -hmm. you know? And like just things like that. I, I just like obsess over getting really good at something really fast. You can probably tell this. Like when I started learning Notion, I learned everything about it. When I started making music, I just deep dive into it. It's like a kitsune tendency of mine. Yeah. But, um, but that also means that I get bored really fast of that kind of stuff. And if you get really good at something, and then you realize you're not getting paid for more than how good you are at it, then it starts to demotivate you. Mm. And that's why I had to jump job so much because I was like, well, I kind of reached the ceiling of where I'm at here and I'm not going to get paid anymore. Mm. I can't get any better at this. Yeah. And I don't see any return from it. And so that, another, that, that in itself is another lesson too about like your work ethic, mm -hmm. how you function in society and how will you be compensated for the effort that you put in. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people work jobs and they don't like them or they work jobs and they struggle at them and they're always thinking about money. But I think Elon Musk really had the best quote about this. It's like, you, you get paid in direct proportion to how much, to the difficulty of the problem you solve. Mm -hmm. That was, his, that was his, one of his direct quotes. And I was like, that is so true. Mm -hmm. Like if you're doing work and you're really good at it, but you're not solving a very difficult problem, you're not going to get paid more for it. Yeah. So sometimes like if you just get a lot of jobs, eventually you'll find one that challenges you enough and that also rewards you accordingly. Mm -hmm. And you can only do that if you just get a lot of jobs. So yeah. getting jobs early, getting that experience early, that's my advice. Yeah, I love that advice. I think that when you get a job, you eventually reach this fork in the road that I didn't realize until too late in the game. Mm -hmm. But it really matters um, it really matters who's paying you. Like it, it really matters how this person is paying you. Mm -hmm. like, what I mean is if you're working as an employee for somebody, then they, you need their permission to, to pay you. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're going out there and you're self-employed or mm -hmm. you're side hustling, or you're trying to figure it out on your own, mm -hmm. then you are in control of who's paying you kind of like you have more control. And so that is causing, that is like so much more growth. It's mm -hmm. like what you said, like, oh, I felt stuck in this job, so I'm just going to jump jobs. Like you're still just jumping between employment though. Mm -hmm. But when you go out there and figure it on your own, that's, I, I feel like that's when you learn even more the value of money, but not, not, not just that, you learn more the value of your, yourself mm -hmm. and, your, and your skills. Mm -hmm. So I think that when you get hands-on experience and you reach that fork in the road where you discover the side hustle. And I think we should have like a whole 
other podcasts about side hustling. Side hustling. But I, I think, think it's really important for a lot of people to side hustle. Yeah, side hustle is like <laughs> self-improvement plus yeah. creativity plus like... And by side hustle, I'm not saying like you have to try to make money out of it. I think side hustle is just to have a project that you're like passionate side hustles, about. Side hustles, exactly. Side hustling is like you discovering who you are. Right. Through like innovation, creativity mm-hmm. and, and, and getting reinforced into doing it by getting paid for it. Right. That's, so. That is a motivating factor of it, for yep. sure. And it comes back to when you're young and you have so much time... I definitely recommend that you try, um, that you take risks mm-hmm. and you do as much as you can to acquire skills. One of the reasons why I really encourage young people to talk about money early and to think about money early is because money habits die hard. Mm-hmm. Like they're really hard to break, mm-hmm. you know? What is a money habit? Like for example, if you're young or in high school and you grew up always going to Starbucks or going to Dunkin' Donuts to buy a coffee mm-hmm. instead of making your own coffee at home, which probably costs like cents, mm-hmm. you know, that is a habit. Mm-hmm. And that habit is hard to break. So I remember in college, I used to always make my own coffee. Mm-hmm. But I started dating this girl and she would always want to buy Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So whenever we even drove by a Starbucks or drove by a McDonald's or something, mm-hmm. we would like, oh, you want a coffee? It's like, mm-hmm. no, I don't need a coffee right now. But we're just, just like, we drove by a Starbucks instinctively. She's like, oh, I want a mm. caramel macchiato. Right. Like that was just a habit. Like you don't even need this right now. Mm-hmm. But those habits, like when you form those habits around money really young, mm-hmm. it's really hard to break when you get older. Yeah, I agree. Any habit. and Yeah, money habits are no different from a regular habit. Yeah. Or really like hard to break. <laughs> I was dating another girl who just for some reason loved like avocado toast. Oh, <laughs> so you can make that dangerous. at home. It's so easy. Yeah. Yeah, I get expensive yeah. out in public. Now. I mean, coffee is something that's... Coffee is crazy in California now. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive. It's always been expensive. Like, what do you mean? It's always been expensive. No, I mean, if you go to McDonald's, you can get a coffee for like a dollar. You know? Okay, true. Dunkin' but... Donuts, you can get a coffee for a dollar fifty. Sure. That's pretty much how it's always been, and it's always going to be that way. I always but then buy... you can go to specialty coffee places. Now, okay, I was literally... Last week, I went to... It was in Irvine, mm. and there was like this pop-up swap me. You know, just like a pop-up vendors market people are selling you know their homemade crafts and stuff mm-hmm. and there was this one coffee stand you know this pop-up coffee stand came up there and they were selling specialty coffee and i was like Ooh, i love coffee you know i was like it's like 11 a.m i'm gonna get a coffee and the guy was like trying to upsell me obviously and i was like buying into it because i like coffee and then i was about to order i was about to pay and he was like oh by the way just want to let you know that your drink right now was 1250 i was like what <laughs> i was like why is my drink 1250 like a whole meal yeah i was like you know how much money like i can use twelve i can buy like a whole meal with that yeah, yeah. and he was like oh yeah because you go into like the the special chaga with the coffee with this bean and this and this and this and the, and the milk and the oh. and the i was like i don't want this it's anymore like from different countries yeah then I, then i was just like you know i don't want any of that I felt so bad, but I was like, I don't want any of that. <laughs> Actually, I was like, just give me a tea. I was like, it's fine. And I still paid like five bucks for it. I was like, okay, well, it's fine. Oh, jeez. But um, coffee is an interesting one because even even though coffee is getting more expensive, mm-hmm. I think the one of the worst habits, money habits, if you're talking about spending like that, is buying alcohol. Yes. At a restaurant. That was going to be my next point. Yeah. It is ridiculous how much people will spend on alcohol. When they go out, especially when you're in your young, you're like a young 20 year old in your 20, 20s through 25 in this country, 21, sorry, because you're not supposed to be drinking if you're younger than that. 
But if you're like in that age when you're like going out a lot with your friends, going to concerts or clubs or bars and shows and stuff, every weekend you could you're spending a lot of money for drinks. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to the bar and you're a little drunk already, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna buy my friend a drink because I'm feeling happy or whatever. Like it's on me, you know. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like thirty bucks a thirty bucks a, a pop, you know. Yeah. And you do that twice in a night, you're already out like eighty bucks. Because you tip them and stuff too, of course. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you probably pre-game before that at home. You probably paid like another 20 bucks for a case of beer or something. Mm-hmm. When one night you've already blown $100. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> all just on alcohol and you feel ter- terrible the next day too. It's just yeah. like alcohol, at, buying alcohol out is the biggest waste of money of all time. Yeah, people still do it though. People love to do it because they would like to enjoy their food or whatever with a drink. Yeah. I guess there's arguments both way. I mean, alcohol builds your relationships. I guess. <laughs> I I don't I I can disagree with that one. Like you can, you can use alcohol as like you said a gesture to your friends. Like next round's on me. You know. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff. I guess so. I know. Yeah, you can. I don't really buy drinks when I go out. I'll say that. We I don't think yeah. we, either of us really do. <laughs> uh, I used to not really. But yeah. Sometimes I buy it when I go out now. Okay. With the wife, you know. Yeah, but that's yes, yeah. I guess that's different because that's a habit that that is a habit though that she has. I think that's a habit that that I got from her. It basically doubles the price of your meal. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've noticed that. It, that it easily does. Like I'll go to a restaurant, I'll order like a dish for like fifteen bucks. If you get a cocktail, it's another fifteen bucks it's right another, there. Yeah, sometimes it's like, more <laughs> for a drink. Sometimes, and you can just go, or you can just go wait like twenty minutes. Go to a liquor store next door to where you ate and buy a whole bottle of that for 20, <laughs> 20 bucks. You know? Exactly. It's so dumb. I don't know what the difference is. Like, Sometimes there's this, her, her meal costs less than the, her alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol is just so funny how like people will buy it still and they know that they're spending money inappropriately, but they'll still do it. Yeah. And maybe it is a habit. That's that's a money habit that I'm talking about. I Well, how do you think young people who go out a lot... How do they break that habit and or how do they talk some sense into themselves to realize that that's not a good way to spend their money? <laughs> you know? Well, one of the hardest things to do is if you're hanging out with someone who has that habit mm-hmm. and you're trying to break that habit at the same time and you're both <laughs> yeah, you're both just like spiraling each other down, then that's not going to that's that's going to be really hard. But if you both agree uh-huh. to help each other out, then it becomes really easy. Right. Like, so you just have to be not around easy, people. You have to be around people who are also down to not yeah. participate in the habit. Yeah. yeah. That's that's an easy way to, to start. Yeah, it was difficult. It was difficult. I remember the year before I started medical school, I was living on my own, working, you know, two minimum wage jobs, and then I was tutoring for like mm. twice two hours a week for like thirty bucks an hour. But every weekend, because I was living with like two of my best friends in on the East Coast, but like they love to go out and drink. So on the week, most weekends, like we would go out somewhere, and they would always complain about how much they're spending, which is funny. But I because I, I didn't drink that much still back then, so I didn't do as often as them. But then, like I remember one day, my roommate's a very really smart kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Mayo Clinic for med school too. But for for some reason, we kind of sat down. It was like near tax season. We just decided to like go through like our our bank stuff together. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Man, I'm making a minimum wage. I'm working like forty hours a week, and I'm pulling home like I don't know, like five hundred bucks." a week or something like that. It was something not great. Mm. He's like, after taxes, it's like 350 
and I'm spending $200 a weekend on drinks <laughs> on the weekend. And I was like, yeah, how are you affording rent? <laughs> He's like, I don't know, actually. He's like, if I look at my overall bank account, it's actually just going down. Like, I can't actually continue living like this. I was yeah. like, that's 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 maybe the most realistic. That's that's the reality like that set in for him. Is that's literally just for a lot of Americans. <laughs> but it, it, he just actually just had to be realistic and pull up his bank statements yeah. and calculate... Yes, if you go to work and you make 15 bucks an hour, that does not mean you take home $15 an hour. That means you work for $15 and then you go through taxes and you go through all these expenses and then you pay for your rent and your living expenses Mm -hmm. and then what you have left over is what you take home. People usually lump in fun and expenses before they make that adjustment. Mm -hmm. And that's what he was doing. He was like, in his mind, he had a calculation. He was like, oh yeah, I make 15 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. That means I I can go out and drink. But without actually physically doing the math, it doesn't make sense to do that habit. Yep. You got to audit. Yeah. You got to actually audit. <laughs> you got to budget appropriately yeah. with like what you're actually taking home uh, versus what, you, what you're making mm-hmm. um, by the hour if mm-hmm. you work an hourly job. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. So um, on the flip side, I think a very, a very good money habit that we grew up with that uh-huh. our parents helped us with mm-hmm. was that they always packed food for us. <laughs> yeah, they did. I think you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. But basically, like whenever we went to Disneyland, mm-hmm. we had all these packed, sometimes soggy sandwiches. <laughs> whenever we went to the movie theater, no popcorn, no yeah. soda, just packed food, all these Rice Krispie <laughs> treats. Yeah, homemade Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> whenever we went uh, to the airport, you know, yeah. like always buying us still, Vietnamese sandwiches. Yeah, they still So do that, that we don't have to spend like, $30 on a meal at the airport, right? Mm-hmm. Smart. So those are money habits that that grew up with us. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, it, it was hard. It's like more effort up front to do. Uh-huh. But in the long run, it was hard to break. Like there's still, there's still, there's, it was hard to break because they're still doing it with us right now. Mm-hmm. You know? I actually like that one though. I'm okay with that habit. Yeah. Of packing food. No, I mean, it's, it's a good habit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a positive habit that we grew up with. Yeah, it is because when you forget to do it and then you pay the price for it, then, then just you remember. just really remember it like, wow, that makes Mom so much sense. Mom and dad were always right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I went to Universal Studio recently oh, for my God. girlfriend's birthday. And, um, right? well, the ticket itself was, yeah, sure, expensive. There's nothing around that. But we forgot to bring in, I didn't bring food. Cause I was just like, oh, like we'll just be fine. Like we had breakfast before mm-hmm. we went in, and then we got hungry, obviously, because we stayed there all day. <laughs> and then we had to wait in line. It was a long line, by the way. <laughs> it was like thirty minutes in the crusty crap, no crusty burger, oh, yeah, the, the Simpsons, Simpsons one. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Simpsons crusty burger. I've had that. And okay. everything there looks disgusting. It's okay. Yeah, that's what I was. Saying. I paid eighteen dollars for a chili dog. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. And it was so bad. (laughs) $18? Yeah. 20 with a drink because we had to get a refillable drink. We didn't bring a water bottle either. Mm -hmm. But I was like, man, I just paid 20 bucks to share a chili dog that was not that good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm the same way with... And I just regretted it afterwards. I was like, wow, I should have brought food in because you know that food in a theme park is not going to be good. Well, we should have allowed you to do that though. Probably. I don't just think we... I don't think (laughs) either of us thought about it. We you know? would, uh, whenever we went to Disneyland, our parents would always bring along that, th- those backpacks. Yeah. And you remember that Lion King backpack? Yeah. <laughs> always loaded with snacks. <laughs> but they let you do that. They're not, that's not like they, they let you. Yeah. yeah you they don't, they don't tell you. It's not like the movie theater where you have to like sneak things in. Yeah, exactly. But they, they let you do it. I still, I still, I mean, I'm, 
I don't. I'll admit it, anyways. Yeah, I sneak stuff into the movie theater still, mm-hmm. like a drink, like a I don't know, like a kombucha or something or mm-hmm. candy. I'm not gonna pay ten dollars for popcorn. <laughs> yeah, at the movie theater. It's it's just so crazy because different people grow up differently. Mm-hmm. Like with Deanne, she she and I don't think she ever really did that ever. Because when you grow with so much money, that's not something you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. It's just like you just get it when you need it. Got pennies. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, it's like nothing. Yeah. But when you're trying to, like, for the kids you're talking about Universal, like if you're trying to, to to get back into that habit, mm-hmm. it's easier if you know your partner also is agreeable to doing that. If right. you both think about, oh, we should, both of you think about, mm-hmm. oh, we should pack some food. Right. Then it's so much easier to form. But where one person is like, oh, we don't need to do that. Like, when Let's do we ever do that? It. Yeah, it's it's yeah. hard to. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just like food is just one thing where I do spend. I do spend a lot of. I will spend money on a good meal, mm-hmm. which is why I just feel so much worse when I spend a lot of money for a bad meal. <laughs> you know, like I wouldn't mind paying a paying a lot for a nice like sushi like dinner yeah. or Korean barbecue or something like that. Mm-hmm. But when I'm paying the same amount for a chili dog, and <laughs> <then> I'm sad. <laughs> it gets me. It's like when you don't have a lot of money, yeah. that hurts. When you have too much money, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. But when you're like right in the middle though. I don't think it's about having too much or having not enough money. I think it's about the fact that I know that that same money that I'm spending, whether it's I have a lot or a little, is being used that way. <laughs> That's all. There's a difference. Yeah. Like when you're, yeah, I guess I don't have anything else to add there. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how I think about it. But we, I feel like our parents definitely raised us to be more conservative with money, mm-hmm. to, be more, to be more frugal, yeah. to not spend often. Another huge topic is uh, clothes. Mm. Like, yes, when we were growing up, we always went to like pay less shoes and, like yeah. the, the cheapest pair on the discount rack. Mm-hmm. That's because we were like, to use dad's dad's word, we we're growing boys. Yeah. So like our feet were like different sizes every year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you like spend like the minimal amount because your shoes are going to be worn so little anyway. Mm-hmm. But as you get older, and, and plus you like get hand-me-downs <laughs> or you get hand-me-downs. I yeah, get, I, got hand, I got a lot of hand-me-downs. But like as you get older, um, we, we started caring more about like how do we spend our money so that we buy the item that last longest the most durable like spend it on a good coat because you can be wearing it for a while Mm -hmm. you know like that's how you that's what mom taught us like you got to be very selective and strategic about how you spend stuff Mm -hmm. um because you probably had these those shirts like you buy from like super super what is it you had those shirts where you buy from those stores like H&M or oh, yeah, they're like just Walmart. Low quality. Really low quality. They like just get shredded when you put it through the wash like once. Yeah. I don't shop there anymore yeah. for, the, for that exact reason. Yeah. It's like it's cheap but it doesn't last and then you throw it away. Mm-hmm. And then you end up just spending over time the same amount of money as if you just bought one nice piece. Yeah. And then once you start buying that nice piece, you start going down the slippery slope of like how much fashion you want to mix into that nice piece. And then yeah. there's definitely a difference between a high quality piece and a luxury piece though. Cause I don't think like designer stuff is necessarily good quality all the time. Mm. It's just for the brand, for the look of it. Yeah. There was that, um, 
that guy on TikTok or something or on social media, I forget which channel, but he would like buy these designer clothes and he would basically like shred them up mm -hmm. and he would like look at all the materials. He'd be like, wow, this uh, Louis Vuitton has like this leather should only cost you like, you know, $200 or something mm -hmm. like the labor that went into creating this leather from this country imported here is like not that much. Right. And he just like totally um, broke everyone's belief about like what luxury items are actually made of. Mm -hmm. So that was an interesting channel. I think you should check it out. But yeah. Yeah. Luxury items and quality items is, is not the same thing. It's a, there's a big difference. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in on this conversation. If we mentioned any links, then they should be found in the description below. Mm -hmm. We'll have more money talks in the future, apparently. Definitely. Side hustles. <laughs> Entrepreneurship, maybe. There's a lot of stuff we can talk about. Money. Yeah, it's a fun topic. Enjoy mm -hmm. it. All right. We will catch y'all next time. Lately, memories are fresh on my